And in Matthew chapter, in Matthew chapter 1, I want to read to you guys some verses from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's easy because we know the story so well to forget how significant this is. Joseph and Mary are what's called betrothed. It's kind of like engagement, but a bit more serious. In a Jewish culture, if you were betrothed, you had to be divorced to actually end that betrothal. It was that serious. Money had been exchanged. Money would have to be given back. It was a big deal. And can you imagine Joseph? Here's Joseph probably as a, a young man waiting to, to find his bride. His parents have made some sort of arrangement. He sees Mary. He's excited about uh, being with her one day. There's the betrothal. They're, they're going through the process, getting ready for a year later when they get married. And Mary falls pregnant. And he knows it ain't his. And you can imagine the pain and the frustration he would have felt. How difficult was it? And it's funny because I read this and I think, gosh, I, I, I can't imagine how hard that would be, how difficult that would be. I mean, an unplanned pregnancy can be a difficulty, but in that circumstance, how much more painful? The pain he would feel emotionally, wondering, why was she not faithful to me? Was I that bad? You couldn't wait a year, you know? Or, or maybe the, the, the pain he felt socially. He knew he'd feel a bit, there'd be shame connected to this situation. And this is interesting because this is often what we see God doing. When God wants to get our attention, he brings us through painful circumstances. He allows us to go through things that we think, that maybe even tempts us to think there cannot be a God because this stuff is way too difficult. And so Joseph's in this situation. And it says in verse, in verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man or a righteous man or a good man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly, that is, kind of divorce her secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, and we'll come back to what he said in a second. So, so we know something about Joseph here. We know that, that he seemed to be a just man. That, the idea there is that he's a man who, who respected the God of the Bible and tried to do what the Scripture said to do. But also he was a merciful man. He, he could have, in a legal sense, had the right to, to say, well, Mary did this to me and it wasn't right, and put all the shame on her. And instead he wants to do this secretly. He wants to put her away secretly, give the betrothal money back, uh, probably go his own way. Hopefully she can live her life and he can live his with the pain and maybe even some of the shame that people might assume about him. And also it says that we get this idea that he was a thoughtful man. When the angel comes to speak to him, he's, he, you can kind of picture him on his bed just getting ready to sleep. And all he can think about is Mary and what happened and what could have been. And he's in this painful situation, but he wants to do the right thing. And wanting to do the right thing, what happens? An angel comes and speaks to him and says to him in verse 20, Joseph, the son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, if, if someone else would have came to Joseph and told him this, he would have said, yeah, right. Are you the dad, you know? But because this is an angelic being, a supernatural being giving this message, he's thinking, whoa, what's going on here? And, and the message the angel wants to give to him, he's really clear here. He's saying, listen, that which is conceived, this baby 
is, a, is supernaturally conceived. There's something happening here that isn't normal, that isn't natural. It's beyond what is natural. And so the angel says in verse 21, and, you shall, and she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And we'll talk about what Jesus' name means in a minute. For he will save his people from their sins. Now we sang these beautiful uh, Christmas carols, and I don't know if you actually paid attention to the words that much, if you're used to singing these at Christmas, but think about the promises that are kind of tied into the Christmas carols. Promises of peace on earth, the war ceasing. Promises of, of a ruler, a king who's actually good and knows what he's doing. What's well, a novel idea? Uh, the, the, an idea of, of there no longer being this oppression in the world, that those things, those injustices being gone, and we think that's almost just too good to be true. Yet, it's interesting, when the angel comes and says to Joseph, here's what's going to happen, he says, this is the reason Jesus is coming. He's coming to save God's people from their sins. Not the sins of the Roman Empire, though those were many. Their injustices were well known. Not, not the sins of the, the nations around them that were maybe worshiping false gods, though those were many, but the sins of his people. In other words, the angel wanted Joseph to understand the reason Jesus is coming, the primary reason that Jesus is coming, and the first thing on his agenda is to deal with your sins, Joseph. It's to make a way that you can know that your sins have been forgiven. The offenses that you've done to others, the things that have, have caused you to go astray, to fall short of what you know is God's goodness. You see, the, the, the reality is Jesus came to save sinners. Do you know what qualifies us to be saved, to be forgiven? That we know that we're sinners. <laughs> Jesus said he didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. Now the truth is we're all sick, but do we recognize it? And so when he does this, it says in verse, uh, in verse 22, it says, so all this was done, the angel says, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, and he quotes Isaiah 7, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Man, we could do hours of sermons on that word Emmanuel, God with us. We could easily talk about this. But just let's make this really clear. The angels wanted to make sure that Joseph knows. Listen, Joseph, I'm not making this stuff up. This is a fulfillment of what God has been saying through his prophets for hundreds of years. Think about this prophecy made in Isaiah some 600 years before the time of Christ. Listen, this prophecy is about a, a woman, a sign is going to be given to God's people that a virgin, and the word there in the Greek language is a word that can only mean someone who hasn't had sex. A virgin is going to be with child. That's the sign. And so when Joseph hears this as a good Jewish guy, he knows that is what Isaiah says. That is what God says. So this stuff isn't being made up on the spot. This has always been God's plan. It's always been that Jesus would come and fulfill these specific prophecies so that we could know that he's the one that we need to trust. He's the one we need to look to. See, Joseph had to come to a place where he understood that this experience was part of God's supernatural plan. Do you understand that? The pain you're going through today, 
and the fact that you're here today, whatever your motivations, some of you guys may have came just because you're, you're nice people and you want to be nice to the friends that invited you, and we're so glad you're here. But we really do believe that God has you here for a reason, that he really wants you to know the truth about this Jesus. And so what happens? How does Joseph respond to this? I'm out of here. And he runs the other way. Is that what he does? No, listen, verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, he wakes up, he realizes this was no ordinary dream. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him his wife. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Do you, do you see what he's doing here? He wakes up, whoa, what just happened to me? And immediately, boom, he says, we got to deal with this. I can picture him kind of waking up sort of, you know, late at night or something and just as soon as he can rushing to Mary's parents' house and knocking on the door. I got to talk to Mary. Okay, we're going through with this. I don't care. We're going through with this. The angel said, I got to go through with this. It's prophecy fulfilled. We got to do this, you know. He, he obeys because he believes this is what God said. He believes the message of God and that's why he has demonstrates a faith that obeys. And notice it says that he didn't know his wife until after she gave birth. There's a reason for that, isn't there? This would be the natural thing for, for a husband and wife to do. They get married. This is what all husbands and wives do at their, uh, when they get married at their honeymoon. No need to talk any further. There's kids in the audience. But you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but he doesn't do this. Why doesn't he do this? He doesn't do this not because he's afraid he's going to hurt her. He doesn't do this because he's repulsed by her. He does this because he wants to make sure that nobody can accuse Mary of having anything but a supernatural birth. I want you to think about this for a second too. When Jesus is on that cross and the only thing they can come up with against him is that he's a blasphemer, that he claims to be God, which would be blasphemy unless, of course, you are God. That, that when, this, when his accusers can only come up with that, what do you have? You have Mary watching her son be beaten. Moms, could you watch your son be beaten? And, and she could have said, if it was all a lie, it's a lie. It was this guy I met. It wasn't Joseph, but it was this guy I met. It wasn't some supernatural thing. Stop beating him, please. It's all a lie. But she doesn't do that. She doesn't do that because she knows she can't. It's true. She knows, no matter how hard it was to watch that, no matter how difficult it was to see her, her son beaten and crucified, she can't deny she was a virgin when she conceived. She can't deny it. Now, he's doing this. He's holding back to make sure that nobody can say that Jesus wasn't actually who he was. He's willing to sacrifice something that was his right to do because he cares for her. This is what faith looks like. But also notice, when he's born, what does Joseph do? Does he give Joseph, does he give Jesus the family name? That would be the thing to do. No, he calls him Jesus, really Yeshua. And Jesus means Yahweh saves or God's saves. Salvation is of God. Do you understand what has to happen here? That when, when Joseph names Jesus, Jesus, it's proof that he did believe that God saves. Now, did he have to understand how that was going to work out? No. 
Did he have all his theological things in a row before he did this? No. He knew that God had spoken a message, that Jesus fulfilled that message, and that Jesus, this little babe born from his wife, was the one where his faith was the one his faith needed to be in. We're so glad you guys all came today. And, and I want to encourage you that are already believers, this is what we get for Christmas every single day. We get Jesus, a Savior, a King, a friend, who didn't just die, but rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and is coming back soon to, to fix this messed up world. We get Jesus. And for you who are visiting, I just really want to encourage you to think about this Jesus. There's none like him. Some of you might be thinking, oh, there's other mythologies that talk about this or that, but none with the historical markers that the New Testament have, none. Or maybe you're a science buff and you're thinking, oh yeah, but there is this, this thing that happens sometimes where like a frog doesn't need a, a mate, it just kind of produces a child, an offspring, that could have happened with Mary. Well, the truth is, the only time that ever happens is an, it's an exact genetic replicate of the host. In other words, Jesus would have had to have been a woman. Doesn't happen. No, everything points to the fact that, that the testimony of Christmas is that Christmas is real and Jesus is who he said he is.